Lessons from the Junk Drawer with Jared W. starts right now. All right. Hey, welcome to Lessons from the Junk Drawer. I am your host, Jared Wakfus, and I am super excited to have a friend of mine with me today. And uh, some of you may notice that uh, you're watching me on video, or maybe you're still just listening, and that's okay too. But we are changing up the format a little bit here at uh, the podcast. And I've got a friend of mine, Mark Milo, is with me. And I'm excited to have him on the show today. And we're going to be doing more interviews like this, just seeking out uh, extraordinary people like Mark, asking them some questions, learning what's in their junk drawer, and uh, hopefully it'll be beneficial for everybody. Mark, glad you're here. Well, thank you so much for having me, Jared. This is an honor. I really do appreciate it. Well, I, it's it's my honor. Trust me, it's my honor. Mark, before we get into some questions that we've prepared for you and whatnot. I'd love for you to just uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, um, kind of where you're coming from, where you're at, um, where you're joining us from, and uh, just kind of a little synopsis of Mark Milo. Boom. Go ahead. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Uh, born and raised in uh, Southern California in San Diego, Beach Bum. Um, uh, used to live in, in Avalon or Catalina Island for a while, which was quite an experience. Um, lived in Southern California, like I said, most of my life, spent a little bit of time in the land of enchantment in New Mexico, uh, met some fantastically wonderful people there. And now I'm in the lovely state of Arizona. So I've gone from the land of enchantment to the Valley of the sun. And pretty soon it's going to be the Valley of a lot of suns. So (laughs) we're getting ready for that. Um, but I have a lovely wife of 34 years and I have an amazing son, but, uh, most importantly, I have an incredibly wonderful grandson um, that's Uh, 10 months old now. And that really being a grandfather has really breathed a lot of uh, additional energy into my life. And I'm really enjoying that. So um, have, like I said, just a wonderful family, but um, this is just like a a great place to be in, in life. I have to tell you. Wow. That, that is great. And, and Mark, we met when I was actually living in Arizona and, uh, we were attending the same church and uh, I just fell in love with you guys. Um, what you and your wife mean to my wife and I, um, I mean, words can't even express just, there's some people you just connect with and go, man, I'm going to be friends with them for the rest of my life. And you guys are that for us. <laughs> so I just want to, wanted to put that out there right away. And uh, just to let you know how much we appreciate, appreciate you and Brenda and your family. So um I know I sent some questions to you earlier, Mark, that you had a little bit of a chance to prepare for, and I'm going to dive into a few of those. If you, I know your wife is one of our, one of our, one of our biggest fans of the show. And (laughs) I know that's because we had so few fans that when she would comment or uh, mention things, I was like, wow, this is great. And she's like, when's your next episode coming out? When's your next episode coming out? And uh, for those of you who are listening now, and maybe you have listened to some of the podcasts that I've produced in the past, we kind of went dark for a while. And uh, there was like radio silence. Uh, Lessons from the junk drawer was like weekly for a while. And then it was bi-weekly, bi-monthly. And it was like, where are we? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Part of that was I did transition. We moved, uh, my family and I moved from um, Arizona to South Dakota, back where we grew up. And during the course of that, just kind of life gets in the way as it often does. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know what, when I come back and um, reignite lessons from the junk drawer, I want to do it 
in a format where I am interviewing people live like this, possibly be able to do it on um, video as well as well as audio, whatever listening platform you're listening on to right now. And I want to be able to get other people on the show with me because it's so much easier for me to ask you questions and listen to your response than ask myself questions. Sometimes I don't always know the answer to. So anyway, the new format, here we are right now. We're with Mark Milo. I've sent you some questions and Mark, my question for you, because this is lessons from the junk drawer is this. Number one, did your family have a junk drawer when you were growing up? You know, I've never thought of that. I, I, no, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Really? Uh, <laughs> I'm like, wow. Okay, great. <laughs> well, I sent you the question, right? No, actually we did. Uh, and I think every family has that junk drawer. That's why I think this is a fantastic name for the podcast because it's very relatable. Everybody has a junk drawer, even, even workplace. You've got a junk drawer. There's got to be some place where everything is like the catch-all. It's, you know, for, for everything that doesn't fit with everything else. It's just like the place to go. And yeah, we had a junk drawer. We had, um, we had a junk drawer in the kitchen and junk drawer for the family. And the junk drawer for the family was, it was kind of an interesting place. I'll tell you. Um, yeah. Well, and the reason why, so my dad was a, a scientist and um, you never knew what we would find when okay. you'd open that junk drawer, right? Wait, wait, a um, scientist like, uh, like Doc on Back to the Future, that kind of scientist? Uh, or? He was, yeah, he was actually a <laughs> geologist. He was actually okay. a professor of geology. Um, and so to that point, we had this big bureau um, and, and the, the top drawer was the junk drawer. And, and it was literally like five feet wide and you pulled this thing out and you didn't know what you'd find in there. There were the previous year's tax returns. There could be, um, you know, like a couple of rocks that my dad found on his most recent geological hike, right? Wow. Um, you know, you just never knew. But uh, the, what, what I found cool in there, I, I remember opening up that drawer as a little child and inside was a fossilized shark tooth that was massive. And I remember looking at it going, oh my goodness, what is this, right? And, and my dad's, you know, hollering from the other room, put it down. He didn't even know what I had in my hand. He just knew I was in the drawer. He's like, put it down, right? Um, so yeah, we had a junk drawer and it, it was um, really, you never knew. And that's what made it a junk drawer to be, uh, to be wondered at. And, um, yeah. you know, my dad, like I said, being a, a scientist, um, I mean, there could be like the caps for beakers, um, uh, <laughs> you know, and then my mom had her, uh, like her latest uh, uh, ball of yarn in there. I mean, it was just all over the place. And that was our junk drawer growing up. Wow. Wow. And, and you kind of answered the next question about if you remembered anything that was in the junk drawer, but was there anything, uh, well, you mentioned a shark tooth and here I'm going to ask this question. Was there anything unusual in the yeah. drunk drawer <laughs> that maybe not everybody else has in their yeah. junk drawer and this long, massive shark tooth yeah. that you described, but anything else? <laughs> well, there, there actually was a, a not only the, the shark tooth, uh, there was actually a pair of shark jaws in there. And oh, wow. So I asked my dad, can I take this to school for show and tell? And my dad said, oh, you know, okay, you, but you have to be responsible. And I think he felt like it was a lesson for me in responsibility. Yes, you can take it to school, but you have to take good care of it. And I did. But here's the thing. I took it to school and I took it to show and tell. And I shared this, this set of shark jaws with everybody. But along with that, 
I told some fantastical tale to my <laughs> schoolmates about how I was fishing, shark fishing with my dad. And uh, all of a sudden the boat got a leak and the boat sank and there was sharks in the water. I, I just spun this really fanciful yarn. And that night we were home, you know, watching TV after dinner and phone calls were coming in from concerned um, um, uh, classmates, parents oh. saying, are you okay? I heard about your boat going down and my dad got off the phone and said, Mark, what have you been telling people? <laughs> So a little bit of a lesson in honesty there uh, had to be learned. Now I was responsible yeah. with the shark jaws, but I still needed that lesson on honesty. So, you know, wow. yeah, kind of a that's, fun thing. That's funny. And, you know, you mentioned earlier that most people or a lot of people had a junk drawer growing up or some version of it, whether it was a bin or something that they put stuff in, because you never know what little thing you might need, you know, as you're going through, um, your day-to-day -day activities and you go, Oh, I might need this piece. So I'm going to, I'm going to put that in there, you know, and you just put it in a junk drawer because you never know when you might need it again. And our family also had a junk drawer growing up, of course. And um, not only did we have a junk drawer in our, our kitchen, we had, my dad had kind of a junk drawer in his garage because he had a number of different things that everything had a place. And then there was this certain place where it was just miscellaneous we'll call it miscellaneous yes miscellaneous stuff and um that's uh oftentimes where you can find some really cool things so well i'm wondering then since you have you know obviously moved out of your parents house and different things like that life goes on have you adopted that at all in your current home do you have a, a junk drawer or absolutely and and similar to what i was saying about uh -huh. our house there's a junk drawer in the kitchen. My wife's yep. right. um, pretty much the the uh, maven or the queen of the kitchen. So okay. anything in there is is hers. And there is one drawer of kitchen utensils where if you can't find it anywhere else in the kitchen, it's probably in there, right? But to that point, it's not necessarily messy. You know, you kind of know it's in there. Yeah. There's that one spatula you only use so often, or the <laughs> you know, you know that kind of stuff, right? But I personally have my own junk drawer, and. Um, my junk drawer, I, it's funny because as we were talking, I went and looked, what, what actually yeah. isn't in my What's junk in drawer, it? right? What's in that junk drawer? And I pulled it open. It's funny, you know, I've got, I've got a pocket knife in there. Um, you know, I've, I'm an inner instructor, right? So sometimes yeah. you know, I found an old magazine from a handgun I no longer okay. even own, right? Okay. Um, and, you know, there's some papers in there. There's pen and paper and things like that. There's always like stuff that's practical. The, to your point, there was a little plastic piece that I didn't know mm -hmm. what it went to. And so I put it in there because at some point I'll find what it goes to and then I'll glue it back on. And right. it's in there. Right? <laughs> there you go. Um, but then I don't even know if you can see this, but I found this in there. Yeah. This is actually a lead ball from a cap and ball re revolver. And okay. I have no idea why this was in the junk drawer. But it was in there. So it's again, you don't know. You pull it open yeah. and it's like, hey, look at through there. And as I, you know, was moving the drawer around, something was rolling to the side. And I, oh, look, it's a cap and ball, lead ball for a, a revolver from the Civil War era. So wow. You never know what's in the junk drawer. <laughs> that is amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> and um for for a lot of you listeners out there who have been listening to my pad my podcast over the, over the last uh, several months and whatnot you know that a lot of times I like to pull out stories and lessons um, that I learned along the way. And my question for you, Mark, is as you were growing up, you kind of made reference to a little bit of an honesty lesson that you got mm. when you're telling your fibs about the, 
the shark jaw, shark jaw and everything to your friends. But were there any life lessons that you kind of that kind of stood out to you more than others as you kind of journeyed through your life that you could share with us? Just some some lessons that you've learned growing up. Yeah, you know, um, one reason why um, you, you hear, hear all the short stuff with my dad, my dad was actually away from home quite a bit. Um, and, and I lived in San Diego and a lot of dads were gone in those days because of the Navy. San Diego's a naval town and it wasn't uncommon for dads to be away. But in my uh, situation, it wasn't that my dad was in the Navy. He was actually in a deep sea drilling boat. Um, again, being a, a micro paleontologist, uh, he would actually study what was brought up from the ocean floor for different companies. And so he was gone literally for weeks at a time. So my mom is the one that really did a lot of the life lessons and did, did uh, a lot of the tutoring for my brother and I. And um, I think one of the most significant lessons that she taught me was respect. And uh, I remember her taking me aside as a um, young boy and uh, telling me how I was to respect my elders, how I was to respect women in particular. Um, this is, you know, my mom was very important to her. And that uh, one of the things that she wanted to see me do was to say, you know, please and thank you, those types of things, but also to, um, uh, to respect uh, people and, and to, as an example, open a door for a woman. You know, that was something she taught me, right? And my, my mom really ingrained in me that whole lesson of do unto others as you would have them do unto you, kind of that biblical principle you know, if you want others to be kind to you, you should be kind to them. You know, it's a really big uh, um, uh, lesson that she wanted me to learn. And, and so uh, she taught me those lessons. And one of the things she taught me, again, was to open the door for a woman. That, you know, yeah. that's just what she taught me. Well, um, shortly after that, we went shopping at a uh, shopping center here in San Diego. And I was a little boy. And I remember walking from the parking lot to the store and seeing the door of the, uh, the store and thinking, here's a chance for me to put into practice what my mom just taught me, right? So I ran ahead of my mom and I opened the door for my mom and I held it open for her. And, and she looked at me and she smiled, just the, the biggest smile because it told her that I got the, I got the lesson, right? Yeah. And so I held the door for my mom and she went through the door and she was just so proud of me. But there was another group of women that, that came around the corner and I held the door open for them too. And they went by and they went by and they went by. And at, at the very last uh, woman that went through said, uh, thank you, sweetie, that's so polite of you. And she walked away and I walked up to my mom and I looked at her and I said, "You know, did I do okay? And my mom said, you did perfect, hon. And that was one of those lessons, you know, I, I look back at fondly and I think, wow. And, and to this day, as an example, I've been, again, I've been married to my wife for 34 years. When wow. we go out and go to a restaurant, we go to church. Uh, when we get to the car, I still open the door for my wife to get in first. Now it's Arizona. I often hand her the keys to get the car going, to get the air conditioning <laughs> going. But I still open doors because I believe it's a sign of respect. And uh, that's one of the lessons that my mom taught me um, along the lines of that whole, you know, let's treat other people the way you want to be treated. And that lesson has stuck with me uh, throughout my lifetime. Wow, that's great. I love that, man. What a, what a proud moment for your mom, just to be able to witness the lessons that she was imparting to you being lived out right in front of her. That's so cool. Yeah. You mentioned you have, you have children, you mentioned you have, uh, and, and a grandchild. Um, are there any of, 
of those types of lessons, like the opening the door or anything like that, that you now are trying to purposely pass on to uh, your kids and grandkids? Yeah, um, the boy, there's always a lot of lessons, you know, in life. Mm-hmm. Um, the one that I've really focused on in the last couple of years in particular has been humility. Um, there's been a lot of uh, uh, situations in our lives the last couple of years my, for my wife and I, um, where, you know, life is not linear. It's not, um, it's not A to B. There's always, there's always, the road always bends. It doesn't go from straight line from A to B. And we've had a lot of things come up in the last couple of years. Um, that is, that, that's the lesson I've been really learning is humility. And in that humility, uh, trust in God. And so yeah. with, um, you know, for my wife and I, as an example, and Jared, you know this about me, I, I was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease um, in 2021, uh, which was a situation, young onset Parkinson's, by the way. Mm-hmm. And so um, with that, um, there was a lot of adapting and learning to do. And um, life wasn't going the way that I wanted it to. And through that became a lesson in humility to, to understand that no matter what happens in our lives, God's there with us. And, in you know, sometimes, again, it's not always the rosy picture that we always want, um, but there's a Bible verse, and I think it's Psalm 3418, that says, God is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. And a couple times, you know, in the last year, there were some times when our hearts were, were kind of crushed, and there was some difficult times. Um, but it was in those times that I felt like we were closer to one another and closer to God than ever. And um, so... Uh, that's the lesson I've been trying to um, really instill to my son um, as he, you know, now raises his family, uh, just, you know, humility and and trust um, that, you know, um, God's got your back and times are are not always going to be what you would expect. um, But through it, um, he's got, he's going to have your back. So hopefully that makes sense. But um, humility is something. and, And frankly, I needed it. There, I'm just going to be honest. You know, I, I, you know, I needed some humility in my life. And, and uh, now that it's here, I realize I, I, I need a lot more of it. And, and so just to be humble and trust God to do his thing um, is the lesson I'm really in the midst of. And it's been a two year, about a two year lesson. And I'm still in the middle of that, that lesson. Wow. That's great. And I know Mark, I've, watched you as you have gone from getting the diagnosis and then just dealing with that. And the way we deal with things a lot of times can affect so many other people. And I've seen you handle um, Parkinson's and, and, and actually be a very positive influence to the Parkinson community. You just finished, I, I just saw on TikTok um, <laughs> through your, what, what is your, uh, your um, what, do, what do you call that on the handle or whatnot? On, on so TikTok yeah, on social media, social media, on, yeah. on yeah. Instagram and on TikTok and on, uh, on YouTube, it's yeah. uh, Mark in the Park 21, kind of a play on words. Obviously, my name's Mark in the Park is kind of a play on words because I'm now diagnosed with Parkinson's. But when I started posting online, I was also posting a lot of the videos from the park near my house. So it's kind okay. of like a little play on words. And yeah. 21 is the year that I was diagnosed. So oh, Mark in the okay. Park 21. Wow. And, and that's been having a, a positive in, impact on others who are also dealing with Parkinson's and the, and the Parkinson's community, because it's not just the person who's diagnosed, it's the entire family and the support system that um, is affected uh, by, this, uh, 
by this disease and you just finished walking, what was it? 60 miles. Talk a little bit about kind of that, um, achievement and how God has opened up a few doors for you in that community, even, even to this point. Well, I, I appreciate that. Yeah. So um, in the month of April, April is Parkinson's Awareness Month mm-hmm. and the Parkinson's Foundation uh, put out a challenge out there for the month of April to walk 60 miles um, as a fundraiser for the Parkinson's Foundation and also to bring awareness. And so um, I did walk 60 miles in the month of April, uh, recording it on my little tracker. Now, these were 60 miles additional to any mile, any steps that I would normally be taking. So in other words, when I was at work or when I was doing things around the house, I did not count those steps. This had to be 60 okay. miles in addition to my regular routine. And uh, so some of it included a, a hike with my wife, um, a lot of uh, walks at the park after work or on my lunch break at work to reach that goal. And I was finally able to do it. And I appreciate that, Jared. It was, mm-hmm. it was tiring, I have to admit. Yeah. Um, but in that, a, a big help to that was the Pat Tillman run here in Phoenix, which is a, a huge deal here in Phoenix. Pat Tillman, a legend in Arizona, of course, yes. and uh, I believe a, a national hero. Um, so uh, last week I did the Pat Tillman run and walk because I pretty much walked most of it. Um, but uh, that was, it's 4.2 miles, and uh, but it was a great cause, uh, raised some money for the Tillman Foundation, and also was uh, using that to uh, bring awareness to Parkinson's as well. So 60 miles. I'm glad it's done, but here's the thing. Based on that, I just received a challenge from a friend of mine to bike 200 miles in May, um, uh, and I think I'm going to do it uh, wow. because the stationary bike is is allowed. And as you know, in Arizona, it gets pretty hot in May. Yes, it does. Um, I just got challenged, and and I'm I'm I think I'm going to do this. So I'm going to do a 60 mile, excuse me, a 200 mile uh, bike ride challenge in May. Uh, so that's coming. <laughs> wow. So that'll be fun too. So, wow. That's so, awesome. That and when, when, you, when you talk yeah. about, uh, open doors, mm-hmm. um, the, the Parkinson's community online is a very, very supportive, very close knit community, uh, TikTok and Instagram, uh, you know, I'm, I'm on there and there's a lot of collaboration. There's a lot of support. Um, people saying, you know, Hey, I see you're down today. What can I do to help you? And those types of things, very, very supportive community. Um, and I've also had people reach out to me and ask me questions, you know, hey, I was just diagnosed, you know, what do I do now, that kind of thing. And um, I've actually had a number of people um, in that same boat, because frankly, um, when you get diagnosed, you're kind of like a deer in the headlights, mm-hmm. and you don't know what to do, don't know where to go, you know, it's just kind of like, what now, right? right and right. Uh, I actually was able to do a um, a live stream question and answer with a friend of mine uh, at Just Shake It Off. She's got a, um, a, a podcast and a blog kind of thing, uh, but or blog, excuse me. And uh, she and I did a, a question and answer, and we were going through the different questions from people. And one of the things we realized was that when you're diagnosed, no one hands you a packet of material. No one says, here's your next steps. Here's what you do. And frankly, a lot of times, once you hear the diagnosis, you don't hear a lot of what the rest of what the doctor's saying. Mm-hmm. And you walk out with a, I don't know what to do now thing. And so um, that is one of the things I realized people need. And so when people are diagnosed, I've had other people direct them to me um, willingly. I mean, in other words, I, I, I want this to be able to say, hey, here's some resources for you. Um, you know, the Parkinson's Foundation has some resources here, the Michael J. Fox over here, the, the Brian Grant Foundation has this, and 
help them with that with different information and uh, just some different things to think about and ways to cope um, that I've learned myself or that I've learned from other people uh, because I don't know it all, but I've gleaned some information from some uh, very wise people and I've been able to share that too. So um, just being a support and a help for people um, has been a blessing to me. And anytime I can do that, that's really what I feel like my calling is at this point is to kind of be a crutch um, or an assistant uh, uh, to, for somebody to lean on and say, I need some help through this. And I'm, I'm perfectly good with that. That's why I'm here. So hopefully that makes sense. Yes, absolutely. Mark, you certainly are an inspiration to me. And uh, I would see your post when you're walking and it challenged me. I'm like, man, I need to, I need to get out and do some exercise. And because Mark's doing it, I mean, he's got a lot more on his plate physically than I do. So what's my excuse? And you kind of took away those excuses for me, Mark. So I do appreciate that challenge and best of luck to you in the month of May doing the 200 mile challenge and whatnot. And I'm just so glad that uh, you were able to join me today. And, and, uh, Oh, Hey, <laughs> Oh, that sound, that sound right there. That means we are headed into our speed round, Mark. So, okay. Mark, uh, as you guys may have heard, um, I had sent Mark some, uh, questions ahead of time so that he could look them over. But now during the speed round, Mark, here's what we're going to do. We are going to just rapid fire some questions. And most of the questions are, um, about your favorites. So it's okay. going to be about you. So it's a topic that hopefully, you know, very well, and they're just <laughs> going to be your favorites. And, uh, there might be some multiple choice in there. We, we just never know what we're going to go ahead and just start the round off now. So you just, you know, sit back in your chair, get ready to think about okay. your favorites. And we're right. going to start with Mark, your favorite meal go. A filet mignon. Filet mignon, do you sure don't want to think about that a little bit? You just, you answered that right away. Filet mignon, you just. No, that it. is actually, that okay. is actually what I ate the night that I proposed to my wife. Oh my God. That was what I ate the night we got married. And on our 10th and our 20th wedding anniversary was filet mignon. So there's no doubt that's what it is. Boom. There you go. How about favorite vacation spot? Uh, a little more difficult. Um, I love San Diego because that's where I grew up, but um, um I was, I'm going to say Puerto Rico because I had a wonderful vacation with my wife in Puerto Rico okay. and we brought back a lot of memories. Nice. Speaking of memories, favorite childhood memory. Um, well, I had a lot of fun memories. Um, boy, that's a good question. Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's a lightning round. So I feel like I'm under pressure. So let me think. Um, you know what? Um, I'm going to say this. Uh, I played a lot of baseball growing up. Baseball was my life. And I literally, I literally lived at the Little League Fields. And it wasn't just me. All of the guys I grew up with, we all played baseball. Yeah. And um, I would say the first home run I ever hit, um, when, when I remember the feeling of not feeling the ball hit the bat because I hit it so solidly. And I remember that feeling of elation in my stomach as I saw the ball going up in the air and I knew right away that it was gone. Now I didn't do any bat flip or any yeah. showboating, but I remember <laughs> that feeling and the joy. And then, and, and when I was rounding third, coming home, seeing my dad jumping up and down, that's mm -hmm. probably my favorite memory from, from childhood. I guess that's amazing. Awesome. That's great. Favorite sports team. 
Okay. Um, this favorite sports team is going to be the San Diego Padres. San Diego Padres. So yes. it's baseball is one of your favorite sports, apparently. Yes. Well, and, and, and at one time it probably would have been the Chargers, but the Chargers left San Diego and they betrayed me. So okay. I got, I had, yeah, I have to go with the Padres. All right. Truck or car? Truck. Truck. All right. If you've just joined us, we are halfway through our speed round. We're, we're just rapid firing questions at Mark Milo, our guest today on Lessons from the Junk Drawer with Jared W. And uh, this is kind of like an intermission, kind of like halftime, Mark. So you can go ahead and get a drink of water, stretch, do whatever you'd like. You've got five more questions to go in this speed round. And I know he didn't send any of these questions ahead of time. So we're learning a little bit about Mark, some of his life lessons, the fact that he did have a junk drawer growing up. He carried on that tradition in his own home. And now we are finding out just a little bit more about Mark Milo. Spicy or sweet? Sweet. Sweet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Home cooked or restaurant? Yeah, home cooked. Um, I, I love eating out at restaurants, but I got to tell you, my wife is, she is the best cook. She really is. And I'm starting to enjoy cooking more myself. And on top of that, uh, my son who, who couldn't even boil water when he was living with us now that he's married and whatnot, he <laughs> has found, he loves to cook. And, um, so we've got some cooks in the family. Anyway, well, and my daughter-in-law, uh, cooks really well herself. So I would say home cooked is what I enjoy. Okay. All right. Listen close to this one. Car show, craft show, or gun show? Yeah, gun show. <laughs> <laughs> As a firearm instructor, I was yeah. kind of assuming that was where that was going to land. Outdoors or indoors? If it's in Phoenix uh, in the summertime, <laughs> it's indoors. Um, but, um, you know, outdoors, I was taking a walk the other night, you know, for my 60 mile challenge sun's going down and I was just loving it's so beautiful. And I, I thought to myself, I love being outside for the next three weeks or two weeks until the heat comes, you know, then it's all indoors, but boy, I, you gotta love being outdoors here this time of year. Absolutely. Favorite band or music genre. Oh, favorite band. Well, I, I love Lauren Daigle. Um, you know, she is my, um, uh, my go-to person. I've got, Lauren Daigle radio on my, um, my Spotify. And, uh, I just, I love Lauren Daigle. Her songs are fantastic. Um, but you know, growing up, my, my favorite, um, singer was, uh, Sammy Hagar. And this is, this is before Van Halen. Um, so I was a pre Van Halen, Sammy Hagar fan, but I would say currently yeah, it's Lauren Daigle. That's who I go to. Awesome. Well, Mark, congratulations. You made it through the speed round. And yes. And uh, yeah, it was interesting uh, learning some more about you. So glad to have you on the show today. And just uh, kind of a, a recap for those of you who maybe are, are just joining us. Basically, Lessons from the Junk Drawer, Jared W. is on a, a quest to find people just like Mark, extraordinary people out there doing great things. And I may be reaching out to you in the future saying, hey, you want to be on the show? So when that invitation comes, uh, because everybody has a story to tell. So when that invitation comes, um, go ahead and get yourself ready and uh, say yes, because I want to do more of these because I believe we need each other. Just like Mark was mentioning in his uh, 
um, recent diagnosis with Parkinson's, it introduced him to a community that he may not have had a part of um, without being diagnosed. So uh, I'm just super thankful for the way he's handled it and uh, the way you're currently handling and continuing to handle the, uh, the diagnosis. And uh, I know you're a blessing to those in the Parkinson's community. But Mark, before we go, I'd love to just um, once again, just kind of recap a little bit about um, you and maybe something that you would want to say to the listening audience right now, just as far as lessons you've learned, or maybe just something that came up, it can be even something as simple as, you know, oh, I forgot I, you know, this is why I like sweet food more than <laughs> spicy food. I don't know. But anything to tie up some loose ends before we sign off. Um, I'd love to love to have you share and uh, go ahead. You are you, you've got the mic. Well, I appreciate it. Mm -hmm. I, I think one of the biggest lessons that I've learned from my junk drawer um, is that, that I mentioned to it before, alluded to it before, life is not linear. And the sooner I learned that would have been the better. And so I encourage people to understand that. Um, it's a lot of times we always think, you know, in a year from now, I'm going to get this done and do that and those things. Um, but life's those curveballs. And, um, you know, it may be a, a Parkinson's diagnosis, um, or it could be something really on the positive side. Maybe you got a promotion and a job opportunity out of state, and now you're living in a different area. Life is not linear. And um, when you understand that it gets interrupted and you, you're okay with being interrupted, um, the better off you'll be. And so that's something that I've learned. And I think that's a valuable lesson for just about anybody to learn um, that, you know, as those bumps in the road come, you just, you get through the bumps in the road and you understand at the back end, wow, look at where we came from and where you are now. Um, so that's a lesson that I've learned that I really do appreciate, but it, boy, I, I'm really stubborn at times and it takes a lot to get it through <laughs> my head sometimes. I wish I would have learned that lesson a little sooner. Um, but now that I'm here, I, I just, I encourage others to consider that and think about that type of thing. Fantastic. Mark, it's been an absolute pleasure. And I just appreciate you taking the time out of your day to come on the show and share some nuggets of wisdom, share some of those lessons. I know if you're out there listening, I hope that you have uh, learned some of the things. Uh, one of the lessons I learned a long time ago is we need to learn from the mistakes of others because we're not going to live long enough to make them all ourselves. So, and I've certainly made a lot of mistakes over my life and hopefully I've learned some lessons from those mistakes and from, from the successes, quite frankly, you know, right. we learn sometimes from our success, right? So I'm so glad you came on the show today. It's so good to, to see your face and um, to hear your voice once again. And I am excited about you. I'm excited about you. <laughs> Mark Milo. Well, so, thank you so much for having me on, Jared. It's, it's I'd love to have you back sometime. So maybe, you know, wow. who knows? I mean, you're <laughs> you're sitting there, you know, you're you're running 60 miles, you're you're uh biking 200. I'm just happy if I can get both of my legs in my underwear without falling over, you know, in the morning. So I, I was like, yay, that's like a huge success. And here you are, you know, next thing you know, you're gonna be climbing mountains and things like that. So you're an inspiration, and I just I'm so glad you came on the show today. And uh, for those of you who are out there and you're wondering, where can we find out more 
about uh, lessons from the junk drawer and other things that Jared might be doing, well, you can go to uh, jaredwspeaker.com and check those out. Follow me on many social media f- platforms at jaredwspeaker. And once again, Mark, the places where people can follow you and keep track of you, go ahead, name them. It's at Mark in the Park 21 on all social media. Nice. Awesome. Well, hey, thanks again. God bless you and have a wonderful day. Thanks, Jared. Absolutely.